Hey regulars, Charlie here. We all spend a lot of time thinking about what we eat, but what about what we drink? Well, our friends at Congan Water have an answer for you. When you call 800-494-8685 or visit Conwater, that's K-A-N-Water.com, you can learn more about the Congan Water machine and to check out their specials on air purifiers. Congan Water has been around for 50 years and has expanded into nine countries, which shows that they really do have the staying power to outlast all their competition. The Congan Water machine is the only real ionizer on the market. The rest, unfortunately, are nothing more than a mass produced water filter. While Kangen water is great for hydration, you can use it for all sorts of other health benefits, whether that be reducing acid reflux, migraine headaches, joint aches and pains, low energy, gout, and even muscle pain. Its antioxidants neutralize free radicals in your body and keep your immune system strong, while its alkaline properties balance the pH level of your body and keeps you healthy. If you drink a lot of energy drinks and have a very acidic diet, Kangen water is a must. You can even use the water for weight loss. There are weight loss plans that rely on Kangen's alkaline water exclusively, but even without a plan, the water will help help you lose weight. So if you're interested in improving your health and boosting your hydration, call 800-494-8685 or visit conwater.com. That's K-A-N-Water.com to learn all about the Kangen Water Machine and to check out their specials on air purifiers. Again, these deals will not last, so be sure to call and let them know that the regular Joe Show team sent you. Fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. Without the cape, we're the superpowers. Not even a sidekick. Heck, we don't even have fancy gadgets. This is just Joe and his trusty microphone. Made in the USA. This is the regular Joe Show. Oh, so good. Hello there and welcome Joe Giganti, your regular Joe with you here on this Monday and as has been the case for so many weeks, months now, the weekend, it used to be a respite, right? You'd sit there, at least if you worked in talk radio, you'd be piecing together a Monday show on Sunday evening looking at what sparse sound there might be. There might be a golden nugget here or there, but otherwise you're like, okay, well, what are we going to do? No, not the case nowadays. Today's rundown of full sheet. And I mean, there's probably even more than I get there. There's big wins over the weekend. There's heartfelt losses. I'll explain. There's a terrible tragedy that absolutely could have been avoided. The blood of which is on the hands of the Biden regime and anybody else that supports open borders, period, full stop, no excuses. If you do not support a wall and shutting down the border, then you bear responsibility for Lake and Riley's murder, just like Joe Biden does. We'll talk about immigration, what it means. Plus, Biden 2024 on the ropes. Don't don't think for a minute all the fact, the fact that they have so many surrogates out there trying to convince you otherwise and to distract you over this ridiculous thing in Alabama over IVF. We'll get into that. The lawfare continues. The disposable nature of life, another spy balloon, and also why recall Voss is so important. But first, it is seven minutes after the hour, which means right now on the Ivory Coast, it is 2.07 p.m. In Beijing, China, it is 10.07 p.m. And in Los Angeles, of course, the city of angels, the leftist coast, one of the many places that Hunter Biden has famously done drugs, prostitutes, and God only knows what else. It is 6.07 a.m. That is your new and improved Biden crime family time check. TM, the regular Joe show, brought to you as it always is at the top 
of each and every broadcast hour to ensure one can't possibly claim ignorance. Somehow, they were unaware of the true nature of the scum and villainy that is the Biden crime family. Those just a few of their locations, a few of the locales they DBA do business as trading influence for money at your and my expense. Well, hello, welcome. It is a Monday. I hope your work week is off to a good start. Of course, if you're in the uh, food industry, you might have, you know, restaurants and so forth. You might have today off. This may be your Sunday or your Saturday, depending on how you run your business. We appreciate all that you do and take that good downtime. Enjoy it, but also keep an ear on the radio because there is much happening in this republic. And I promise you, it can be stopped. The tide can be turned, but it's only going to happen with you and me, we the people standing up, exercising our God-given, constitutionally guaranteed rights. That, that's one of our launching points. Uh, apparently over at the Politico, they have never read the Declaration of Independence, uh, which, I mean, does that surprise you? Uh, but we'll get into that. That's something I may... I, there's a lot on the plate today. I, w- I'd, I want to get to this, but uh, that one I may have to put on the back burner for now because a lot of things coming down the pike. I'm going to spend a good deal of time today talking about this terrible situation with Lincoln, uh, Lake and Riley out of Georgia, University of Georgia. A nursing student cut down in their prime by an illegal alien. Now, you'll get those apologists for the left that'll sit there and say, well, I mean, anybody could have done it. You know, American citizens murder people and they rape people and they steal and they rob. Yes, they do. That is absolutely the case. And those people should face the full force of the law as well. But it is hard. Only in the twisted, vapid minds of the left can you somehow justify a horrific murder by saying, well, someone else could have done it. Except for the fact is the person that did it should have never been in this country. That's not hyperbolic. It's a true sentence. He is an illegal alien. He shouldn't be here. He was let go because they didn't have enough room to hold him because there's so many illegal aliens. This is a real issue. This is a real problem. This is a crisis that they are doing their damnedest to get you to look away from and not pay any attention to. But I can promise you, Lake and Riley and her family, they absolutely will keep an eye on this. Dan Rosenberg is keeping an eye on this. He, the father of a man, literally cut down, run over by an illegal alien. And the list can go on and on. The bottom line is, it needs to be taken seriously. And the occupant of the White House, his puppeteers, his regime, they truly don't care. I need you on the left to understand this. I know you like to live in la-la land. You like to sit in your basement in your underwear yelling up, Mom, I'm hungry, get me something. And she's going, you're 42 years old, get a damn job. And it's about time you get a job and you actually find a little reality. Because the reality is it could be you. Wasn't it Teddy Roosevelt that said it, you know, he had a phrase about everyone's a liberal until it happens to them. I, he's kind of wrong. I was never a liberal, so, so I guess not. But the point being, what if it's you? What if it's your wife or your, well, I mean, if you're married, I mean, most of these people live in their basement and play video games. But either way, imagine if it was your, your avatar on uh, Fortnite. I don't know. Whatever matters to you, whatever you think is dearest, 
your blow-up doll in your basement, whatever it might be for you liberals. <clears throat> Imagine if that was murdered in cold blood by somebody that should have never been in this country. And it's eminently preventable. As a matter of fact, they're not even trying to prevent it. They're inviting these people in. They are coaching them on what to say so they can technically stay. Despite the fact that even in their technicalities, they are actually violating federal law. But we're all supposed to look, oh, I don't know. Is there something going on? It's, and, and now suddenly Joe Biden is worried about the border. Suddenly the left are sitting there, well, you know, Republicans, they didn't give almost $90 billion away to other countries to secure our border. I mean, because that's what they're saying. And honestly, if you fall for these talking points, you, you're the problem. I'm not in a very good mood on this. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to explain to you why. I try to come at everything each and every day <clears throat> with a positive mental attitude. And I still have it. It's still there. I don't, I'm not pretending it's not. But what I'm going to tell you is my frustration with stupid is at an all-time high. My frustration with people that absolutely refuse to witness reality is at an all-time high. My patience level with it is at an all-time low because you're destroying things. And you're so plug stupid, you're going to keep destroying things in literally until it happens to you. And then you're going to sit there all, you're going to want sympathy in the world to come help you, and you don't deserve it. Because your stupidity is leaving us there. This is why when Donald Trump said NATO countries that don't pay their dues, why should we defend them? Because they're creating the problem, and then they want us to solve the problem for them. And that may be a hard reality, but you may, and again, you're welcome to. If you want to give away every hard-earned penny that you make, then give it away. I mean, that'd be like saying, well, I mean, I'm actually saying give away all the government giveaways you get, which is my taxpayer dollars. But either way, let's pretend you have a productive job and that you contribute to society. If you want to take all the money, hey, take all the, take all the freebies that you get from the government. Send that over to Ukraine. Go for it. You, no one's stopping you. I'm sure if you do it, you'll probably get some kind of, you know, personal loan from the government to, to tide you over as long as you vote Democrat. But you need to recognize what you're doing is destroying the country, not just for conservatives, but for you as well. If this can happen in Georgia, it can happen in Wisconsin, it can happen in Arkansas, it can happen in North Dakota, it can happen in Washington State, it can happen in Maine, in Vermont, in New Hampshire, it can happen in any state in this union. And by the way, it is happening. And it digs deeper. It's not just the guy that committed the murder. His brother was an illegal who had a fake green card. Oh, the system's really working great, isn't it? It's wonderful. Oh, by the way, I should just mention, we usually start with good news. Good news at this hour comes at the bottom of the hour because we have a special guest coming up. I'll tell you a little more about him in a segment. Uh, but he's our good news of the day. He's, he's going to be, he doesn't even know it, but he's the good news of the day. I've deemed him our good news story for the hour. But what we're seeing right now is unparalleled. And the fact of the matter is we're seeing it from Republicans and Democrats. One thing I will say, and I understand there are those of you that disagree, and you're welcome to be wrong about this. It's okay. You have that freedom in this country. But I'm going to repeat something I've often said. A diabolical Republican is far worse than your average Democrat. And here's why. 
We expect Democrats to act like the low lives that they are. They worship at the high sacrament of human sacrifice. Everything about their platform is dissident. It is it, Everything about what they do is designed to balkanize and separate Americans, to destroy any sense of real un- unity. It isn't based in reality. This is a platform that tells you if you were born with the chromosomes for a boy, you can be a little girl if you want to. You can even play basketball and knock out other high school girls in the name of equality and equity. It's, there's nothing rooted in reality about anything they believe. The unborn child is just a decision easily disposed upon. If no one has all the hallmarks of a human being, because that is a human being. It is an unborn human being. But again, no reality to get in the way of that. We can spend and give any number of giveaways. We can give people guaranteed minimum incomes, and we will not bankrupt our country. Complete absurdity. There's no math formula in the world where that works. But this, again, is all that they're building themselves upon. They claim they want to reinforce the family. Look at what the last 70 years of Democrat policy has done to the family. It has torn it to shreds. Yeah, I mean, they say things. They don't mean it. Look at the reality. Look at the reactions. So, yeah, a Democrat, okay, shocker. You know, the shock is when a Democrat has any common sense, it makes sense, and they do the right thing. Conversely, a Republican that claims to believe in the core pillars of our founding, on the understanding that it is family underlies all. Strong traditional nuclear families are the key to success to any society. That a respect for the dignity of human life underlies it all. The idea of your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. The ability to own property and that our rights come from God, not from the state. These core understandings and that People that are elected are employees meant to serve the greater good. When that's betrayed by somebody that claims to be a Republican, it is worse than a Democrat just being a Democrat. And I will illustrate it to you today with one Robin Voss, the effeminate speaker. He is such a weenie. I just, like when I tell you this story, he is the hallmark. If you've ever seen a film, a political film, where you see the tiny little weenish, cowardly, yellow-bellied behind the scenes. He's so tough, but when he has to face somebody, he cowers. That is Robin Voss. He loves to pull the strings and manipulate from behind the scenes and then claim that he is just one of the good guys. Just try to, He doesn't understand why people don't like him. Because there's people like me that see him for exactly who he is. I won't give him on-air I can't say that word, but it's a sexual act that some would perform, and some hosts will do it. They will pretend like he is the greatest thing in the world. They will try to point to a record that doesn't substantiate the claims. And what he does to the conservative movement in the Republican Party should be enough that everybody should want to recall him. Everybody should want him replaced as the leader. But too few have the intestinal fortitude to do the right thing, mostly because when they do, they get what the story I'm going to share with you. They get that treatment. This is why we need all good men and women of conscience to come to the aid of their country in this all-important year. The regular Joe Radio Show. 
Well, hello there and welcome Joe Giganti, regular Joe with you on this Monday. So yes, I had a little bit of my spleen to vent the last segment, but it's okay. We will get through the day together. It needs to be said. Uh, the number, 888-737-1737-888-737-1737. That's the number to call or to text with your thoughts, your feedback, your input. Of course, you can email me, joe at regjoeshow.com. Joe at regjoeshow.com. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk to Sabin Howard. He is America's Michelangelo about he's an amazing sculptor uh, that is working on the centerpiece for a new national World War I memorial in our nation's capital called A Soldier's Journey. I uh, want to bring him on, tell you about what he's doing, describe it, and we'll, of course, put some pictures up on social media and so forth. Uh, we're going to be doing an in-depth interview with him on our VIP Backstage Soundcheck podcast after today's show that will be live Either later today or tomorrow, depending on uh, that'll be up to Charlie. I got I don't I didn't check with him on that one, but <clears throat> it'll be live soon enough. Uh, giving you the, the really the details of it, uh, just an amazing effort that's going on that I think you'll want to know about. And again, I see it as the good news. Uh, they say those that forget their history, that are ignorant of history, are doomed to repeat it. And certainly, in the pathetic excuse for education that we have in our country nowadays. Uh, particularly in the public schools, history, the true history is barely being taught, really, if at all. And I think that when we capture our history, uh, as as Sabin does with his great work, I think it is just so important uh, that we we support these things. So we'll be talking to him next segment. I don't want to say too much till we have him on. And then, like I said, we'll have him on the VIP Backstage Soundcheck podcast uh, coming up after today's show that you'll want to tune into. Now, one of the questions to ponder today, we talk about the need, and, and President Trump has said it multiple times, I think very perfectly, very eloquently, and very simply, which is that Republicans need to learn how to fight harder and, and to fight for the right things for that matter. Uh, you know, you have these these effeminate people like Robin Voss out there that are always trying to destroy conservatives and, and conservative Republicans instead of fighting the actual enemy. But, but we'll get into that. Uh, but one of the things that we knew was kind of sort of happening, but now confirmed in breaking news last night is Rona McDaniel, Rona Romney McDaniel, is out after next week's Super Tuesday event. She'll be stepping down as the chair of the Republican National Committee. I think it's long overdue. I would have loved to have seen her gone sooner. Uh, but I think it's very good news. What do you say? Some are already saying, well, you know, it's very unusual for someone to leave in the middle of an important campaign season. What does this mean? More disarray, more disarray. I don't see it as that at all. I think, actually, this proves that Donald Trump, uh, as smart of a man as he is, and he's a very smart man, very shrewd businessman. You don't get where you are in the world or where he is in the world if you're not. But I think he learned a lot in the 2020 election, not just about the shenanigans that went on, but I think he learned a lot in his four years as president and in the, the 2020 election about what really goes on in D.C., how they really run things. And I think he wisely realizes that he must have somebody at the helm of the RNC that he can trust implicitly that they will do the right thing, that they will fight for the America First agenda and, frankly, fight for his campaign. And so I think it's very good news 
that they are sending her off. She can ride off into the sunset, kind of like her uncle. The Regular Joe Show. Welcome, Joe Gigant, to your regular Joe with you on this Monday. You, of course, can always be a part of the conversation. 888-737-1737-888-737-1737. As you know, we normally start each hour with the good news. I decide to keep the good news here uh, to this third segment, bottom of the hour, here in hour number one, in the form of a special guest. Saban Howard is joining me, a master sculptor. Uh, who's been, who has coming forward here, I think in June, will be unveiling a new centerpiece to the National World War I Memorial in Washington, D.C. And I did, when I was reading about it, learning about what he's doing, to me, this is uplifting. Uh, and we need that. Trust me, on a day like today, no pressure for you at all, Saban, but you've got to be my good news. Because I started, I started the Monday off oh, yeah. a little frustrated with some of the things going on in the world. Uh, but welcome to the show. I appreciate you joining us here. Thank you, Joe. I, uh, I'm really thrilled to be on and share this with the people. I, I was looking at, first of all, you're amazing. I mean, I was just looking at your work, and it reminded me, because I, I saw that uh, it said you grew up in New York City, but also in, in Torino, Italy, kind of an inter- interesting mix of, of, of locales to grow up in. I've made one trip in my life. Uh, I was in, in uh, Rome for a business trip, but got to take in the local sites and one of the things that struck me was the amazing sculpting and, and artwork that was just anywhere. We were on this walking tour within a half mile of our, our hotel. We were in some side street in some small church, although all the small churches there look like cathedrals. But uh, And there was this beautiful sculpture that looked like an imitation of the Pieta. And our tour guide explained to us that, in fact, it wasn't an imitation, but it was an early version of it from the creator and what amazed me is it just sitting in this random church and all they did they only had ropes around it there was no glass there's no you know laser security or anything and i when i saw you you lived in italy i'm like no wonder he's got this amazing talent for sculpting because i mean it's everywhere there just you you kind of soak it in when you're in italy yeah i'm really i'm thrilled about it up because look what we're doing with this project it's a absolute miracle it's a 60 foot long bronze wall with 38 figures that tells a a story of a a soldier that leaves his home his family his wife and his daughter and enters into battle and is and exits that battle completely transformed changed then returns home to hand his daughter uh the next generation uh his helmet which is world war ii and this is really an allegory for the United States and, and what we went through because we were an agrarian nation and then all of a sudden we get thrust into this and we become an industrial superpower. And I, I made a sculpture that elevates and is heroic and there's nothing ironic here. It just speaks well of our country and it plays forward exactly what you said, that you know, Greco-Roman uh, Italian Renaissance tradition and I like to think of this as this is the new American Renaissance. I'm going to bring this type of art to this country, and we're going to make, make art that people are actually going to be interested in. Uh, not to run on too long, but 
I see this as a problem because people don't pay attention to art. And why the hell would you pay attention to art when most of it out there is garbage? Yeah. And it's time to like, it's time to change things at this point and move forward. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, and, and everyone's heard the stories throughout the years. I've covered them in talk radio. You know, you have these these government funded art projects and it's, you know, a crucifix and a jar of urine and these and, and they say, look, it's yeah. it's artwork. And, and it, you know, so much of, of our modern society, we've taken guardrails off to our detriment in the sense that. Anything can be art, right? Anything can be it, but yet it can't. I mean, not that you limit creativity, but there there are definitions of what art is. I mean, art first and foremost is it elevates. It's supposed to art shouldn't make you feel dirty or bad. It's not meant to depress. I mean, true art. This is the. I mean, the old saying with music. You know, mu music soothes the savage breast is the original. I mean, it's been changed the years to savage beast. But the idea that music touches your heart and it makes again it's supposed to lift your heart into a positive way because that's again a form of beautiful art in, in in your sculpting which by the way i mentioned the pieta you're one of they, they call you america's michelangelo so kind of a, a great great comparison but the same is true with with art even if it's i mean this and i've seen some of the pictures i mean the details amazing and yeah you're depicting something in war war is not necessarily beautiful or uplifting but yet what you capture, it's the uplift of, of capturing that spot in history, that moment, so that we continue to know the true history of how we got to where we are today, what freedoms, you know, what things were done to secure and maintain freedom. Yeah, that's a whole concept that you bring up is sacredness. And, it, it, and this is really ironic. because Okay, I'm, I, we made this sculpture, and it will be unveiled on September 13th, at Pershing Park this year, this sculpture returns back to the way art was prior to World War One. I. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that 22 million people are destroyed, killed in World War One, and there's this definition of the universe that completely changes. It's a transformation of how we see ourselves as humans. It's like there's no longer this unity, this divine order that or that regulates the universe, it goes into a sense of chaos, of alienation, and of separateness, that we are not connected. And it, it begins this, this, you destroy the sacred, and you start to divide everything up into, in, into sections. And what I'm saying is with this sculpture, we're going to return back to that same idea that the universe is designed by divine force. And, and, if you, and the reason I'm saying that is because I sculpt from life. I look at live models, and these live models were dressed in uniforms from World War I. I actually found photographs in some of those pockets of the, the soldiers that, that went into battle, and those photographs remained in those jackets. We used those jackets with models and sculpted from them. So we're doing something superhuman. There's, there's, this is an elevation of what we are, uh, uh, the species of humanity – and it speaks well of us, it's about our potential. And so I, I am saying no to the way the art world has taken over and run amok with just like making things that are ridiculously stupid and, and, and have very little meaning. And I'm saying, make something sacred again. And that means, what is the definition of sacred? It means that you believe in something larger than yourself. And it, it returns us to the ideology that we are all connected. And if, if you look at it, we all bleed the same color. It's red. Mm -hmm. 
And when these soldiers went into battle, when, the, when, the, when these uh, 4.5 million Americans joined forces to go overseas, most of these kids, because they were kids, most of them were 17 years old. They weren't Republicans. They, were, they weren't Democrats. They were Americans. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. We need to return to that ideology. Enough with the nonsense, and let's proceed. Absolutely. I just want, we're talking with Saban Howard, uh, known as America's Michelangelo. He is the sculptor behind A Soldier's Journey, which is the centerpiece of uh, that's going to be unveiled in September of this year in General Pershing Park on General Pershing's birthday. You've got kind of a heavy hitter uh, that's one of the spokesmen for the memorials, Kelsey Grammer. Uh, now, I mean, kind of a household name. That's kind of that's awesome. It's a 60-foot-long, 10-foot-high sculpture that I, I mean again the pictures are amazing people can learn more uh, i think you have the pictures up at your website right sabin howard which is s-a-b-i-n howard traditional h-o-w-a-r-d sabinhoward.com if you want to learn more about it but just an amazing effort and i love what you're saying again about the idea of the you know the sacred something greater than ourselves that the idea of the uplift and at the same time honoring the past i think it's really now, again, I don't please don't take this comparison. But one of the one of the artists, more modern artists that I'm aware of that I think just does phenomenal work is a guy named Alex Ross. I don't know if if you're familiar with him, but he does the same. Now he doesn't sculpt. He does, you know, drawings, paintings, those kind of things. Uh, but he does the same thing where he he brings to life a literary characters. Uh, but he he brings in models, you know, that are that are built like the character is supposed to be puts them in the costuming that they would wear and creates them from that. And it again, you see the difference, right? The the the, the human nature of it, the, the accuracy of it. It is just an amazing way to do this. And I mean, so one of my questions I've always wanted to ask a sculptor because I look at it. I at one time was a, an advertising design major, so I used to do a lot of freehand drawing. I was good at it until until I had to do it on deadline. Then it, it wasn't fun for me anymore. But uh, <laughs> but sculpting has never been something I've been good at. And it, for me, it's the perspective in the sense I know when I go to draw, you know, I, I can draw a human being on paper and I can kind of, you know, I have a sense of of the the, the width and the length and everything else. I find this amazing, particularly when you're you're sculpting out of a bigger block, that kind of thing. How do, is there a measurement system, or is this is this just part of that innate gift that you've that you've been given that you know how to do it? I've I've always wondered how you kind of get there, you know, especially when you see something as large as this. Uh, that's an awesome question. Thank you. Uh, I I got really lucky. I, I, when I started making art, I was 19. I started at zero, complete donut. I could not draw. My, my, my ex-girlfriend back then said, you're not going to get into art school. I draw better than you. And she actually did. Uh, the reason that I got to where I am is my education. And it, I, this is the luck of, of somebody, you know, someone else putting me in the right place at the right time. I was in Philadelphia. I quit as an ant, uh, doing cabinet making out in South Philly after four days. And I go to the art school and I ask them if if I could enter the art school and the lady says, well, you need to have a portfolio. And I said, what's a portfolio? So I don't <laughs> even know. And she, and she directs me um, after conversation. She goes, go buy this book, drawing on the right side of the brain. I go buy the book. I get another construction working job. And I start drawing every night from like uh, five o'clock to eight o'clock at night. And after uh, three months, I go back with 90 drawings because I drew every day. Um, it was in the, in most 
difficult thing I had ever done. I, I would have, um, it, I want to make the analogy. It's like almost somebody who's been paralyzed that has to get up out of a wheelchair and, and start walking. Your brain has to like, you have to talk yourself through because you're using a different part of your brain to perceive reality, but anybody can draw. Now the next lesson really is really good at teachers because the teachers that I had on information to me about how to look and your perception of what you see is driven by your education and that's your belief system and it came out of the renaissance so the, there were proportions to the human body there was anatomy that was taught to us so that we could look and analyze and deduct what we saw and it was a two-pronged thing where we we got these armatures that we would build the armatures were like what we put the clay on and what we did is we built a skeleton using like masses, like cubes. Mm-hmm. And those cubes would move into space and they would be tilted into space exactly like the human body. So what you're doing is you're looking at it through the lens of a scientific knowledge. Mm. So every joint of the body does a specific movement. So I mean, rotation, abduction, adduction, inversion, eversion. So you analyze what you're looking at and it's mathematical to a point. And then you start to put these organic elements into play, which are the muscles and the muscles spiral over the body. And they have this like energy that moves from one plane to another. So then you have another group of um, construction with, between the architecture of the skeleton and the orga- organic muscles. You're doing something that's incredibly complicated. But you, and, it, and it, it's stemming from nature because you're looking at human beings to make your art. So I'm seeing things that you normally wouldn't see as a layperson because I'm, I'm educated to look for those things. And they're really subtle. Mm. No, that's that's I, the beauty of it. Well, this, this, I, I just say, I could talk to you for hours about it. The good news is we're doing the VIP backstage soundcheck podcast today after the show, where we will get to dig, dig in even deeper because I find what you're describing as fascinating. Truly, uh, looking at some of these pictures, and again, we'll post them when we put the podcast up. One of the things I think is amazing, right to your description, is you see. When you look at it, you feel motion, which again, not just emotion, but literally you feel the motion that these soldiers are in. And one of the things I want to explore when we have you on the podcast later today is it said that you were asked to make a war memorial, but that what you actually made was a healing memorial. I want to dig into that. I'm talking to Sabin Howard. He is America's Michelangelo, a master sculptor who has created a soldier's journey the centerpiece for the National World War One Memorial that'll be unveiled in September of this year. We want to have him on this morning as part of our good news, give you a teaser of what we're going to talk about in the VIP today. Saban, I appreciate it. We, we, I look forward to this conversation. It's going to be awesome. You are a fascinating man, amazingly talented, and I appreciate you being on the show with us. Much appreciated. We'll talk, talk to you soon. a little. Indeed. You can learn more in the meantime. Go to SabinHoward.com, S-A-B-I-N, Howard. Com. You can see the pictures. Uh, again, the event's going to be September 13th in Washington in Pershing Park. It's actually General Pershing's birthday. Kelsey Grammer, one of the spokesmen for this effort. The regular Joe Radio Show.
welcome Joe again to your regular Joe with you on this Monday. I really want to thank Sabian Howard. Great conversation. I mean, honestly, I stretched the segment as long as I could, but we had to, of course, uh, uh, yeah, and there, there's there's just no question. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him on the VIP Backstage Soundcheck podcast today, where we'll explore a little bit more about a soldier's journey, his idea of taking it from being the request to have a war memorial, but uh, instead what he considers a healing memorial and the idea of transcendent art. I mean, that that's such that is the core of true art, whether it's in music, uh, in written form, certainly in, in paintings and other forms of artwork and sculpting as well. And he really, as you can hear, uh, he, he has such an, an incredible grasp of it and it shows in his work. I mean, I, this, like I said, this particular memorial, 60 feet long, 10 feet high, in uh, just amazing work. So he'll be our guest on the VIP Backstage Soundcheck podcast this afternoon. And uh, we'll have that up and live. You can learn more at SabinHoward.com. S-A-B-I-N Howard.com. Now, much to get into today. Of course, we know, I mean, was anyone shocked that that Donald Trump won <laughs> South Carolina? I mean, in the best part, this is what's amazing. Now, Again, history. We must know history. Under any other circumstances, a 20-point win is such a thorough routing that everybody would be celebrating it, and anybody opposing that candidate would be told, get out. Now, they're trying to spin it well. He only won by 20. The Regular Joe Show. Fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. Without the cape, we're the superpowers. Not even a sidekick. Heck, we don't even have fancy gadgets. This is just Joe and his trusty microphone. Made in the USA. This is the regular Joe Show. Oh, so good. And howdy, Joe again To your regular Joe with you, hour number two of the regular Joe show. Lots to get into in these final two hours of the show. What does South Carolina tell us? I mean, we knew Trump was going to win. We know the left, and by the left, I don't just mean Democrats. I mean the institutionalized Republican status quo, swamp-dwelling Democrats in Republican clothing that are trying to pretend this wasn't a big victory. He received more votes than any candidate in the history of the state of South Carolina. But no, that wasn't a big win. No, how do we know he could win a general election? Yes, because all of these votes are going to evaporate mysteriously, magically, under the weight of the Democrat system. Well, I mean, I guess if by evaporate we mean steal, possibly. We'll get into it. It's not been a good weekend for Hickey Naley. Tomorrow she's going to lose in Michigan. Then next Tuesday, she's going to lose on Super Tuesday. But what does it all mean? We'll get into all that. Plus this horrific murder that took place in the University of Georgia, Lake Lake and Riley. Who bears responsibility? I mean, certainly Jose Antonio Ibarra does. There's no question. But so does every Democrat, Joe Biden especially, that has created this border mess. Plus, knowing the good from the bad, we're going to talk some real hard facts when it comes to outing bad Republicans. And you know what? If no one else will do it, I will. It is seven minutes after the hour. And right now in Tokyo, that means it's 12.07 a.m. in Zimbabwe. 
5.07 p.m. And in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., 10.07 a.m. That is your new and improved Biden Crime Family Time Check TM, the regular Joe show. Brought to you as it always is at the top of each and every broadcast hour to ensure that one can't possibly claim ignorance that somehow they were unaware of the true nature of the depravity, illegality, immorality, and just general ickiness that is the Biden crime family. Speaking of which, Hunter Biden set to testify this week on the House. Still waiting to see uh, the transcripts of the testimony from little boy Jim and uh, his testimony, although not shocking or surprisingly, he claimed that his big brother, Brandon, had the cleanest of all, most manicured nails that you could find on Capitol Hill. And then he's always been just a good old guy in that people were hiring Jim Biden, who most people, I mean, other than he looks like his brother, if you asked who Jim Biden is, nobody would know if Joe Biden wasn't a U.S. senator for decades, then vice president, now the installed occupant of the White House. Nobody would know who Jim Biden is. Nobody would do business with Jim Biden, much like Hunter Biden. All they'd know Hunter Biden by were his terrible teeth, which he's since fixed because of his terrible habit with crack cocaine, and his predilection for prostitutes. I mean, this is their legacy. But like we're to believe that Joe Biden got more votes in history than any other president in 2020. I just love to put that out there. And hardly any left-wing liberal trolls will ever address that directly. They will, they'll dance around it. Well, I mean, you see this in COVID and the coefficient of this and you multiply by that and you subdivide and then you do quantum physics and it all makes sense when you do it that way, Joe. But they want it. So he got more votes than, than Barack Obama. Sometimes you get the snarky, well, yeah, because they, they were so scared of the orange man. And just stare at them because it's just ridiculous. Joe Biden, a man that can't walk up even the baby stairs now, to Air Force One are proving difficult for him. He doesn't know where he is most of the time. He doesn't acknowledge his own grandchildren. This is a man that oftentimes doesn't even understand what it is he's supposed to be talking about despite having a teleprompter in notes. He didn't campaign. He hardly left his basement. But let's never forget, Trump rallies, 25,000 people strong, cheering in person. Joe Biden, people honking their horns like they wanted to get out of traffic. And that was supposed to be like, oh, look at the support. Honking horns. Oh, we're so creative during, during COVID. And don't even get me going down that road of COVID. Waste of our time. Not fighting it, but locking down this country, keeping kids home from school, shutting down businesses, all subjugation by a federal government that has forgotten its place. It works for us. We do not work for it. Now, I do have some good news to start. So, as I said, the South Carolina race took place on Saturday. Now, I mean, I could take the time and go back. No, no, no. Not, not post her losing in the Iowa caucuses or even when she lost, Hickey Nailey, that is, in New Hampshire. But if we go back just a little bit further, you will find talk of how popular she was in South Carolina, a two-term governor. Now, depending on which, which news outlet you look at, she outspent Donald Trump in her home state, where she has the highest name idea should of any candidate in the race. She outspent him anywhere from three to one, 
up to some are saying as much as seven to one. Trump barely spent any money in the state. She spent millions of dollars in advertising in her home state where she was governor for two terms. Prior to that, she served in the state house. She's made herself very familiar with a certain group of people in that state, in addition to that, on a very personal level. So well-known, but she still spent tens of millions of dollars and lost. Claiming some form of victory because she didn't lose by 30 points, she only lost by 20 points. And no matter how many votes Donald Trump gets, no matter how big the margin, they keep trying to breathe life into this. And it's, it's quite amusing at one level. Now, before we get too deep into it, I have a fun little piece of good news. It's kind of tangential to South Carolina. We're going to pause, put a little pin in South Carolina for just a minute. Many of you know who Mary Trump is. She's the niece of Donald Trump. Her only real claim to fame is that she's the niece of Donald Trump. She's not particularly smart, not particularly talented. Nonetheless, she has a podcast through Apple Podcasts that apparently, I guess, some people listen to. I don't know. We get some of the updates on it through our audio Newsfeed when we're looking for actualities for the show. She said something on her recent podcast, though, that I thought was the most honest thing I've ever heard her say. She was trying to diss, is that still a word? Did they say that? She's trying to put down her uncle, you know, the president of the United States and the billionaire businessman that, what what has she done again? I'm curious, but but here she is for once making a statement of absolute truth. We're just related technically. Uh, you know, I don't really, I, I think I was found under a rock. That's my theory. I think that's the best theory she's ever had. They scraped you up from under a rock somewhere. Good job. A little bit of honesty on this Monday never hurts. And coming from Harry Trump, that's pretty rare. Now, as for her more famous, more successful, better known uncle, Donald Trump, he was at the fairgrounds in Columbia, South Carolina, giving his victory speech on Saturday. This is after, by the way, he was at CPAC on Saturday. Capacity crowd coming out to hear him. He won the, uh, he won the straw poll again. I mean, that's not shocking. that he, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it's, it's nonetheless the fact is that he won the straw poll, overwhelmingly popular there, where he gave a speech to riding illegal immigration and a number of the issues that are top of mind for Americans right now. And sounding very presidential on Saturday. He didn't bother with Hickey Nailey, but instead said something that, my goodness, you just don't hear this much. But now there's a spirit that I have never seen. We ran two great races, but there's never been, ever, there's never been a spirit like this. And I just want to say that I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. Never been like this. So he said they've never been so unified. Well, isn't that, isn't that the talk they love? Unity, 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 unity. Where's the unity from the left-wing members of the Republican Party? No, really, where are they calling for Hickey Naley to step down in the name of unity? We must be one voice. This is what I've always told They're just showing us exactly who they are. What I've always told you they are, they're liars. They don't want unity. They want control. When they say, we must have unity, that means conservatives give up everything you believe, do what we tell you to do, and we'll let you be part of the party. 
Those days are over, and that's what they really hate. If you want to know what goes into the battle that's going on 253 days from now, it is a battle for the soul of the Republican Party, just as it is a battle for the soul of our country. Hickey Naley represents the old, the old soul, the compromised Washington-infected status quo swamp soul of the Republican Party. The get-along, to go along, just do whatever it takes. Don't ever question anybody if they have an R after the name, even if they're sticking a dagger in your back and twisting, as we have a story on that topic that we will get to short, soon enough. And those days are done because the American people are done with it. And as much as they huff and puff and want to try, people see through the BS. And those that don't, I'll be happy to explain it to them each and every day. Because it's that important. We can have more of the same, right? What's the legal definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over again and expecting a different result. You want to know why Rona McDaniel is gone? Because we don't want insanity. We want to do the same thing over again and expect a different result. Put a Romney in charge of the Republican Party and think that it will trend to the right, to the conservative side, and be successful. Why do you think he moved to Utah to become a, a senator? Because he wouldn't get elected in, in Massachusetts. Not as a senator, not after all the other things that have happened. He's an unsuccessful presidential candidate, yet we look to him for his wisdom. What was his wisdom? His wisdom is in how to fail. He's, apparently he's really good at that when it came to running for president. His whole team, they were very, they were top-notch failures. So we don't need to look to them. Now, some things have happened with this. Now, of course, we did have Nikki Haley. She, she responded as well. She wants you to know that she's, <laughs> she's as good as her word. That's what she said on Saturday in her, her failure. What do you call that? I mean, he had a victory speech. Was it the failure, the fell forward speech? I mean, what would you call this? The I suck speech. But I'm going to stick around because I don't, even though I suck, I hope that the, the nominee either has a stroke or gets arrested so I can be the nominee. Let me just clarify something. We have sound it says as well, but I said this before. Anyway, she will never be the nominee. If they arrest Donald Trump and they declare on the Supreme Court that he cannot run and we need another candidate, it will not be Nikki Haley. It just won't be. It's, 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 it's nobody. Let's be clear. Her 40% of the vote, in, at least in South Carolina, New Hampshire, was it four out of 10? Six out of 10 and one of them, four out of 10 and the other, were Democrats that said they wouldn't vote for her in the general. You talk about astroturfing. She doesn't have support. Republicans don't really want her at all. And she can dream the impossible dream. But that won't change. Cut number six. Here she is giving her fail forward speech. I don't believe Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden. Could there are you. huge numbers of voters in our Republican primaries who are saying they want an alternative. I said earlier this week that no matter what happens in South Carolina, I would continue to run for president. I'm a woman of my word. Well, I mean, she did also tell Donald Trump she wouldn't run against him for president. So, I mean, which, which thing is she a woman of her word on? I'm not sure which it is. But to go with the good news of Donald Trump's victory, John Thune, who's Senator John Thune, he's the number two guy 
in the United States Senate, the minority whip, who is number two to who? Marble Mouth McConnell. Well, Mitch McConnell can't seem to figure out what he wants to do. John Thune said, I'm on the Trump train, baby. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure he gets elected. Oh, and her biggest financial supporter, Americans for Prosperity, they're shutting the checkbook on her. The Regular Joe Show. That's a good one right there. Welcome back. Joe Giganti, regular Joe here with you on this Monday. Text says, never hickey naily pronouns are forever swamp slash rhino. I love it. That's a good one. So, yes, John Thune, in what is a surprise move to many, the number two minority whip in the United States Senate, a leader, member of the leadership, has endorsed Donald Trump. Post his win in South Carolina, the South Dakota Republican saying that the quote, the primary results in South Carolina make clear that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee for president in this year's pivotal presidential election. The choice before the American people is crystal clear. It's Donald Trump or Joe Biden, he told Fox News Digital in an exclusive interview. Quote, I support former President Trump's campaign to win the presidency and intend to do everything I can to see that he is a Republican majority in the Senate working with him to restore American strength at home and abroad, he continued. Together we must put an end to the disastrous Biden-Schumer agenda. Our country cannot endure another four years of Bidenomics continued lawlessness at the southern border and American weakness on the global stage. Which, I mean, it's good news. I Look, I, I'm not going to put a lot of faith in any of the establishment right now. I mean, he, Thune kind of, he rides a certain line. Uh, he generally is not considered a true uh, establishment person, but he's not exactly been making a name for himself either when it comes to standing up and stepping out in favor of conservative politics. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where he goes with it. We'll see what happens, but at least it shows a little bit of a shakeup, which is good. Now, not everybody was as excited for Donald Trump's victory as as Donald Trump or John Thune were. I mean, there's there's still those out there like Fiona Hill. She was on CBS's Face the Nation. Now, I don't really know exactly why anyone really cares why uh, about anything that Fiona Hill has to say. She doesn't really have any great import. I mean, her her credentials besides being, uh, of course, British, which apparently means a lot. Uh, but she was a presidential advisor, not to Republicans, uh, but she's with the Brookings Institution. She's chancellor at Durham University since June of 2023. Uh, so, you know, you, you can figure what you want. She did work for Trump for a short time, as many people did. Uh, and, you know, she apparently has some sour grapes. She's going out and joining the no-labels people and, of course, the, the Lincoln Project Republicans and the Democrats trying to echo this. He's really fascinated with Russia. He wants to be just like Vladimir Putin, cut number three. 
Former President Trump has made it very clear that he admires Vladimir Putin. I mean, he continues, you know, to really extol him, despite all of the evidence, you know, to, uh, uh, to the contrary, uh, you know, for what his view should, uh, should be here, that uh, Putin is an avowed enemy at this particular point to the United States. I mean, he's openly declared war on the United States. He's taking American citizens hostage. Um, it's not just uh, the young woman who was recently taken, um, who's a dual citizen, but it's also Evan Gershkovitz in the Wall Street Journal. It's also Paul Whelan, uh, the, the former Marine who was taken years ago. President Trump actually ought to have a sense of responsibility about American citizens. And instead, you know, what he's doing in the most brazen and frankly shameful fashion is trying to suggest that the United States is like Putin's uh, Russia. Well, I don't know. You tell me if you think. I mean, we'll, we've got another soundbite from her, but it seems to me like she should be saying these things about Biden. Isn't he the one that's supposed to be in control right now? The regular Joe radio show. Joe Gigant here again, Joe. We had to hit the break there, so we couldn't quite play all of Fiona Hill. She's what you need to know about her nowadays is she's with the Brookings Institution, which is not uh, what one would consider a conservative group. I want to play her soundbite in full, though, because she's going, she's jumping on the Russia collusion, Russia, Russia, Russia 2.0, I don't know, 3.0, 5.0. I don't even know where we are on this nonsense. That somehow the real problem is Donald Trump really wants to be a dictator. He really wants to be like Vladimir Putin. Here, play the whole cut real quick. She's answering a question from Margaret Brennan on CBS Face the Nation. Brennan says, referring to Trump, he's talking about uh, legal cases against him. He's talking about Russia quite a lot on the campaign trail again. What's going on? Now, of course, this is based on his comparison he made last week in a town hall where he said, you know, this is kind of like a Soviet-style persecution, going after your top political opponent trying to use lawfare and everything else you can against him. And he, he brought this up in reference to Alexei Navalny in his death, saying that, you know, he wasn't saying they put him to death, but like that, he is being singled out and persecuted by the regime in control because they don't want opposition. I don't think there's anything wrong or off about that comparison at all if one looks at it objectively. But I guess for Fiona Hill... <clears throat> currently Chancellor of Durham University, a senior director at the Brookings Institution, where they love all things lefty. She thinks that it's just outrageous. Very clear that he admires Vladimir Putin. I mean, he continues, you know, to really extol him, despite all of the evidence, you know, to uh, uh, to the contrary, uh, you know, for what his view should uh, should be here, that uh, Putin is an avowed enemy at this particular point to the United States. I mean, he's openly declared war on the United States. He's taking American citizens hostage. Um, it's not just uh, the young woman who was recently taken, um, who's a dual citizen. But it's also Evan Gershkovitz in the Wall Street Journal. It's also Paul Whelan, uh, the the former re- Marine who was taken 
years ago. President Trump actually ought to have a sense of responsibility about American citizens. And instead, you know, what he's doing in the most brazen and frankly shameful fashion is trying to suggest that the United States is like Putin's uh, Russia. I mean, since when have we been assassinating our opposition candidates in this country? Since when have presidents of the United States been wanting to sort of take out political opponents through poisoning or through imprisoning them in, you know, basically the equivalent of Arctic penal colonies? Well, I don't know, penal colonies. You mean like trying to put the former president in jail for the rest of his life? Like trying to bankrupt him? Assessing an absolutely absurd $454 million fine for what? Supposedly for fraud where nobody involved felt they were defrauded. In fact, said they'd like to do the job again. They'd take the job if they were offered the opportunity. They would do it all over again. They'd like to do business with Donald Trump again. Now, I don't know who's paying her or what she thinks she's going to get out of this. But again, here you have yet another swamp dweller just echoing things again, much like Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor under Brandon. He was on with Kristen Welker over at Meet the Press, you know, the one that said, isn't it wonderful all the shows are being hosted by people born with vaginas? Now, I don't know if she would say that if any of them were, you know, they had the vagina added post-birth. No word on where she feels about that, but, you know, when she took over at Meet the Press, she thought the most important thing to recognize is it's all biological women, which I feel is microaggressive. I mean, after all, who's to say Jake Tapper doesn't feel like a woman? I'm just... I mean, it worked for Shania Twain. So Jake Sullivan, he also was answering the hard questions about Russia collusion. I mean... Did they come up with anything new? But look, this is desperation. The fact they're trying to take the Alabama Supreme Court decision on IVF and make this a mandate on abortion is desperation. See it for what it is. Don't fall for the talking points from the BlackRock News Network or from Hickey Naley or from Jake Sullivan or Fiona Hill or anyone else. But here he is. Kristen Welker says, let me ask you about Russia. We knew that they were doing things in 2016 and 2020 that they interfered in our presidential elections? Are there concerns that they might do it again in 2024? I can't speak to evidence today, but I can tell you, of course, there are concerns. There is a history here in presidential elections uh, by the Russian Federation, by its intelligence services. And there's plenty of reason uh, to be concerned. And this is not about politics. This is about national security. It is about a foreign country, a foreign adversary seeking uh, to manipulate the politics and democracy of the United States of America. We are going to be vigilant about that, and we will engage the Congress on a bipartisan basis because this should be above and beyond politics. Well, it should be, but that's what that's all you're doing is, well, I don't have any evidence, but now I'm going to give you all of my opinions on why I think Trump collusion, Trump collusion, Trump collusion. In Fiona Hill, she's talking about Russia taking these hostages. I'm sorry, is Donald Trump the president right now? Is she tacitly admitting that he's still president? What is she saying to us? The Wall Street Journal reporter she's talking about was taking hostage while, while Joe Biden was supposedly in control. Where is all the argument when he wasted all of his political capital to bring back a pot-smoking WNBA player that no one had ever heard of? God bless her that she's back in America. But he wasted all that effort while a former military guy and the Wall Street Journal reporter and others sit there. Where's all the criticism of that? Why are they criticizing Donald Trump, who's not currently in office, for things that aren't being done under this administration? Then Jake Sullivan says, oh, I mean, 
I have no evidence, but hey, that never stopped me before. Listen up here. Trump collusion, Trump collusion. Did I mention Trump collusion? It's it's really asinine. And the bad part is you have some people getting peeled away. Well, I mean, you know, this might be a real issue we have to think about, Joe. I mean, what can he do it? I mean, what do you think? Now, as for Hickey Nailey, the question of how long will she stay in? She's privately apparently not looking past Super Tuesday. Uh, if she's trying to hold on for the vice presidential spot, good luck on that. According to CPAC, it happened over the weekend, the top picks, Christy Noem and Vivek Ramaswamy were the top picks for those at CPAC. Not surprising. Uh, Hickey Nailey, no, not even there. Margaret Brennan was talking to CBS reporter Robert Costa. Now, he's a crack reporter as opposed to a crack-using reporter. But who knows? There was cocaine in the White House. One never knows. He said the question was, how long will she stay? How long can Nikki Haley stay in the race? As long as there's money. I've been talking to donors over the past 12 hours, and they say they're going to keep pouring money into her campaign and into her super PAC. But at the same time, they know that Super Tuesday, come early March, that's going to be a real crossroads for her. Going past Super Tuesday, going to be very difficult in terms of organization and fundraising. And she has told reporters in recent days that she's not thinking beyond that at this point. She's not looking beyond that at this point. Now, by the way, one of our Mary Band regulars, uh, regular Paul, wrote in, said, hey, great show as usual. What a job Hickey Nailey has. She gets to travel the United States, stay in nice hotels, gets free meals. Well, they're being paid for by the donors. And gets paid to do it. What a great country we have. Yeah, now, she'll tell you that she's not getting a salary from the uh, campaign. <clears throat> but we know she is going to get her payoff uh, when all is said and done. She'll have some lofty job on a board somewhere where she'll get paid six figures to do nothing. She'll give speeches where they pay her fifty, seventy-five, dollars $100,000, and they'll be about as inspiring as most of her stump speeches, which is to say a snoozer. But you're right, Paul. I mean, this is, again, she's in there. Now, the question keeps coming up, why? Brian Robinson was on CNN. Now, I know you're thinking, oh, Brian, Brian, Brian. Yeah, I have no idea who he is either. I actually looked him up. He has Robinson Strategy, doesn't have a website, has a Facebook page. He's always thanking all of his clients, but he never lists any of his clients. So I don't know. He used to work in state politics somewhere as a Republican, and apparently he is a consultant. I, I mean, and I'm not, I don't really, I just don't know him. I have no idea who the guy is. But nonetheless, he was on CNN's This Morning Weekend Edition. And he was offering his insight into what this is really about. Now, here's the thing. He's not wrong. He's over the target. I just have a little bit of a different why than he does. Here's his thought on it. Well, there's really not an argument electorally for her campaign when she loses in her own home state, particularly by a 20-point margin. This is the electorate that knows her best. This is the one where she doesn't have to spend money to tell them who she is like she would in some other state. So we have to think this is not about winning the nomination. Even if Donald Trump were to die of a stroke or a heart attack, the party's not going to turn to her at this point. This is Donald Trump's party. So she she would still be put aside. I think what this is about is the heart of the party. Like she's talking about issues that are substantively different than where Donald Trump is on those. on those. And so this is about where the party's going to go. I think the Ukraine funding is a great example. These are not, you know, paper-thin differences. And some of the glue of the party is coming undone, and I think this is symbolic of it. 
Well, okay, so he's over the target. I mean, he's right. She's the old school. She's the let's go to war, let's 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 keep the military industrial complex as well funded as possible. And the hell with the kids that die and the families that are left without sons and daughters, husbands and wives, whatever it might be. In the case of the young children, mothers and fathers. And believe me, I'm as strong as you will find on our national defense and in support of our military. I am not a nation builder, though. I don't think any conservative really should be. We shouldn't be out there worried about building up. Let's build our nation. Making the United States of America the strongest nation in the world is the best defense we can have. It is the best stability we can bring to the world. I used to bristle every time I heard George W. <laughs> We're going to export democracy. And he was just proud he could say the word democracy without having to look it up. I mean, this is, it's pathetic. Why do, we get, why do we buy into this stuff? Why do we just root like little cheerleaders? Like lemmings. I mean, we need to do better. But he's right. It is for the heart and soul of the party. It's for the heart and soul of our nation. It's for what's true, what's good, and what's beautiful versus the horrible things that we've been told we must accept as normal. Pornography in the libraries of our school children. Full, full adult men dressed like women shaking their hoo-hahs in the face of children because that's art and it's First Amendment speech. No, it's, it's frankly diabolical and disgusting. It's perversion. Pretending that men can be women and women can be men. All of this is to destroy the foundation of our society. To create a society fully, completely dependent on an overbloated federal bureaucracy that wants to control everything you do. So he's right when he says it's a fight for the party's soul. It's a question of will the party have a soul? Are we just going to continue with the status quo with all the, the Washington elite that's sitting there and go, oh, hey, how are the, how are the, crumb, the crumlets? Are they tasting good today? Hey, can someone get me a martini? What about this pressing problem? Well, we'll get to it. We've got months. We've got years. We'll figure it out. It's kind of like uh, we had a, a Sununu from Friday. Do we have that sound bite? Pull up the Sununu sound. We didn't get to this one. This is the epitome of the snotty elite Republicans that don't live in reality. We don't have to worry about any of this. The border, everything's fine. We're going to be fine. You got it ready? Here, roll this nonsense. People confuse the party with Trump. And Trump is the it's Trump's uh, uh, party. It, it is, he is the talk. That's right. That's, that's the point. It won't be his party forever, right? It, it just won't. At some point, Donald Trump won't be here or whatever, you know, by one way or another. We all have our time. <laughs> um, so okay. we do. We do. So I'm very optimistic about the Republican Party. I'm very optimistic about where we're going as a country. I, I'm not one of these. If you're one of these people that think democracy is getting eroded and the institutions are crumbling, stop. It's not. We went through 9-11. We went through a pandemic. The institution stood strong. Let me put it a different way. Souls come and go, but America is here first, to First stay. word of the night. So there you have it. He was on with uh, Politico. And, and there he is, by the way, Mr. Unity. He just called Donald Trump an a-hole. Now, if anyone else, oh, this is not acceptable. Eugene Daniels of Politico and Governor Chris Sununu doing a political live refers to the former president as an a-hole. They come and go. But I have optimism for the Republican Party. We're going to be fine. We got through 9-11. You know what? Talk to the families that bear the scars of 9-11. You disconnected boob. You moron. Go talk to a woman whose husband evaporated in a building on September 11, 2001, and tell her how we're doing fine. Your children never knew their father, but they're doing fine, aren't they? 
talk to this to the to the spouses, male and female, who they saw off their son, their their husband or their wife going off to serve in the NYPD or the FDNY that day, just a normal day, and they never came home again. Tell them how fine they are. Tell them all the soldiers that we sent over to the Middle East that never came home, and tell them they're doing fine. You are such a pathetic human being. If not for your father, you wouldn't have the job. You don't deserve the job. I hope that they declare you to be Hickey Nailey's running mate. It'd be the only fine, final good nail in your coffin we could hope for. But this is where the fight is over. People like this that blithely go through life because they live in an insulated, whited tower telling you everything's great. Don't worry. Us rich and famous elites, we're going to be fine. Oh, you little people? Ah, screw you. The Regular Joe Radio Show. Petty, that's a good word. Puny. Just looking up wonderful synonyms for Chris Sununu. Womanlike. Well, that's an interesting one. But uh, <laughs> so, but this one I've never. This is funny. I never. I've never heard this. Uh, at least used in a sentence. Pigeonhearted. I, I, I'm unfamiliar with that. Welcome back, Joe Gigante. Your regular Joe with you. Uh, I've heard Lionhearted. Triple eight seven three seven one seven three seven. 888-737-1737. So you heard Hickey Neely. I'm a woman of my word. I'm going to keep running at least through Super Tuesday. You got Brian Robinson. Uh, yeah, you can look him up. I, not much to share. But either way, battle for the heart and soul. I think it is for our nation, even for the party. Do we want to be a party of pale pastels or bold colors? Ronald Reagan declared we have to be a party of bold colors to succeed and to save our nation. And that was true then, and it's true today as well. But don't worry about Hickey. Like I said, she'll land on her feet. And apparently, according to Joe Cunningham, he's the national director of the No Labels Coalition. Eh, he might have an idea for her. Well, I mean, the truth is we're talking to a lot of spectacular people right now. And we're not ready to unveil those folks just yet. Uh, this has been a project uh, to essentially give Americans another choice if they're unhappy with the presumptive nominees which, you know, it appears it's going to be Trump versus Biden right now. But we don't know. Nikki Haley, she's going to remain in the race. You can't count her out completely. Yeah, uh, and hats off to her for staying in it and for sticking with it. But we're looking for great quality people, folks that have broad appeal to independents, Democrats, Republicans. And, um, and yeah, I mean, Nikki Haley is somebody we, we'd definitely be interested in. So maybe that's what it's been all about, really, for her is just running for the No Labels Coalition, so she can try to be a wedge, which essentially means that she wants to do whatever she can to reelect Joe Biden. Is that the person you want representing the Republican Party? I certainly don't. We get back. Speaking of the Republican Party, sometimes you got to look at the wart, know that it has to be removed if you want to get better. We're going to do that. The Regular Joe Show. Fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. Without the cape, we're the superpowers. Not even a sidekick. Heck, we don't even have fancy gadgets. This is just Joe and his trusty microphone. Made in the USA. This is the regular Joe Show. Oh, so good. Hello there and welcome Joe Gigante, your regular Joe, already in hour number three. 
of the regular Joe show. I don't know how, like, it blurs. The speed at which the show goes by is just, it's unbelievable. There's so much to get through. We've gotten through a lot of it. I mean, really, uh, seventh straw pro in a row that Donald Trump has won. As I mentioned, Noam and Ramaswamy at the top of the Veep stakes. Uh, if you want to go by that, according to this poll, that's a little bit of good news. Not a shocking piece of good news, but it's good news nonetheless. We've got a little more we'll share with it. Plus this hour, two very important, uh, really unpleasant conversations, but they have to be had. On the case of Lake and Riley, who should be alive today. She should be going to class at the University of Georgia, studying to be a nurse. One of those fields that we absolutely need more quality individuals to be in. There's been a nurse shortage for as long as I can remember. But no, today she's being mourned, murdered in cold blood by an illegal alien. Yet you, what in fact, it's interesting. The liberal trolls haven't said a word yet on email or text about it. I'm sure they're waiting for their talking points from the left progressives to tell them how to think. And then they'll come up with something as though it was an original thought. But yeah, we know better because there is no excusing what's going on even though they will try. There's blood on the hands of the Democrat Party and every weak-kneed Republican that has refused to defend our border. Maybe we should vote to see where people are in Mayorkas again. It is seven minutes after the hour, which means in Dubai, it is 8.07 p.m. Afghanistan, 8.37 p.m. So they get the little half-hour jog. London, 4.07 p.m. And right now on the leftist coast in the Hollywood Hills, 8.07 a.m. That is your new and improved Biden crime family time check. TM, the regular Joe show, brought to you as it always is at the top of each and every broadcast hour to ensure that one can't claim they were somehow unaware that they were not knowledgeable of the crooked as a rat's hind leg that the Biden crime family is. Those just a few of the locales, they do business as the Biden crime family. And there you have it. Now you know Make it count. Now, as I mentioned, the good news, Trump won a seventh straw poll at CPAC in a row. Ramaswamy and Christy Nome topped the poll as possible um, possible VP candidates. Now, look, Nikki Haley was in this, this poll. Uh, the Conservative Political Action Conference straw poll. Now, I mean, straw poll doesn't really predict a lot normally. But in this case, Donald Trump got 94% of the vote. Nikki Haley was in second place. She can, she can once again run around telling the world, I'm number two, I'm number two. With 5%. She got a whopping 5% of the vote. And South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem and business entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy tied in a poll for the vice presidential pick as the top picks. This makes Trump the all-time leader of the CPAC straw poll with seven wins, followed by Ronald Reagan, Jack Kemp, and Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, all with three wins apiece. So there you have it. Now, who will he pick for VP? I, mean, I You know, it's yet to be seen, yet to be known, uh, but I do think that there's certain people we can know would be bad. I think Tulsi Gabbard would be a terrible decision. Hickey Naley would be an absolutely horrible con uh, pick, person to pick. I think Christy Nome has some. She went wobbly on that one law when it came to the transgendered agenda. 
she's recovered, so she she is a possibility. I see a lot of positive with Vivek Ramaswamy. He's got a lot of energy and and makes a connection at, at the younger levels. That's also very important. Uh, but there's there's some others too. We'll have to see. I know everybody wants everybody wants everyone to be out of you know out of politics or right? the businessmen and all that kind of the Trump model, and that works and it doesn't work. We have to be careful. Just a, a cautionary note. And I'm going to give a very uh, well personal in that it's uh, it happened in my home state. Not everybody that comes out of the private sector is a good candidate. I understand we want people that are not wed to Washington in the swamp, and that I agree. But that doesn't mean everybody we have to pick at every level has to be a businessman out of the private sector that's never run, because that doesn't, that's not always, there, here's the thing. There's really no actual formula. This is the, the big secret. Everybody wants to say that there is, a, you know, there's the winning formula. And I'll give you the example. Donald Trump wins. Donald Trump knows how to win. He connects with people. Unlike virtually any other candidate in modern history, save maybe Ronald Reagan. Tim Michaels, who ran for governor in the state of Wisconsin, was aloof, did not connect, but he was, a, he was supposed to be the same model. Independent self-funder, came out of the private sector. He was supposed to be a delight. He was a terrible candidate. He failed miserably. Well, it was only a few points. He lost to a human scarecrow that can barely fog a mirror. I mean, this is this I, I the comparison I'll use, and people can be as angry as they want about it, but the truth hurts sometimes. It's kind of like George W. Bush. George W. Bush almost lost to a living, breathing two by four in Al Gore. So don't tell me how wonderful it is. He almost lost to Al Gore. That's that's unbelievable. And it, it shouldn't happen. Not with if you really believe the issues what we have. So I just I warn people, don't always like, again, we always want the easy button, the checkbox. Well, it's a businessman. He's wealthy. He must be great. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're great candidates. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes people that have served in other offices are a great candidate for future office. Sometimes they're part of the swamp. It requires discernment at a very granular level by each and every person. By every voter, that, that there is no easy button. We've got to do the work. We've got to look at it. We've got to seek the, the, the truth, the facts, and then make a prudential decision based on who the person is, the content of that individual person's character, and whatever track record they may or may not have in and outside of office. I mean, I agree certain things are good indicators. There's no question. But I just... I just I, I caution you on that. Now, real quick update. Fannie Willis, you remember she was on the stand and she kind of made a spectacle of herself so much so that she didn't show back up for day two of her testimony because they're like, nope, nope, nope. You already done screwed things up enough. Well, she may have been caught in a little bit of perjury. Nathan Wade as well, because they said, ah, oh, we weren't, we didn't know each other. Our relationship only started this day and this time. Remember the Trump lawyers, among others? Kept saying, well, are you sure? Are you sure that you didn't do this in this day or time? Nathan Wade started to sweat a little. He's like, well, I mean, was it the Mercedes experience or the Porsche? I might have been at the Porsche experience. That's kind of by where she lives. 
Well, according to investigator Charles Middlestadt, in a sworn affidavit said that he found the pair made more than 2,000 calls and exchanged 12,000 text messages in 2021, many months before they testified under oath to having a relationship of any kind. Some of the data, which Miss Willis is arguing in her filing, is inadmissible for technical and procedural reasons, i.e. she's not denying it, purports to show that Mr. Wade was at the condominium where Miss Willis was living late at night and well into the morning on multiple occasions in September in November of 2021. Now, look, this is not about her personal life. What was a black woman trying to save the world can't be perfect and gets to have a relationship? Isn't that what Barbara Streisand, she's allowed to have a private life, whatever. It's not about her private life. It's about lying under oath. It's about whether or not she's enriching her lover, her gigolo, her paramour at the taxpayer expense. Hiring somebody woefully unqualified for a felony. She's never prosecuted a felony, and he's going to take over a RICO case. Because he does, after all, he is the only man that she knows that has a travel agent just for cruises. He has a regular travel agent for everything else, but just a travel agent for cruises. I know this because it was part of her testimony under oath. It obviously made a big impression on her. So for you men out there, if you're trying to seduce a Soros-paid DA, what you need to do is throw down and say, you can even have fake cards made, right? Just be like, this is my travel agent for cruises only. Just cruises. They don't handle anything but cruises. Don't ask them about the beach. They don't do the beach. They don't do Disney World. They only do my cruises. I'm saying it's the key to a woman's heart, apparently. At least if they're a Soros paid DA. I mean, <laughs> was her testimony, not mine. I mean, who, who's, who holds up life on that fact? Did you know? You think when she's out with her girlfriends, you know, he, is he good looking? Well, I mean, that doesn't matter. Is he smart? I don't know. He has a travel agent just for his cruises. Oh, does he have a brother? Anyway, she thinks this evidence shouldn't be allowed because after all it will it'll prove that she perjured herself under oath and so did lover boy nathan wade the paramour the gigolo the sexual partner if you will the man that brought her comfort in all those difficult nights when she was running on the fact that she was going to get trump and so forth that person that guy her argument is well it's technical i think the technicality is she does not want to actually Get caught is what it comes down to. Now, this is part of the lawfare that's been going on against Donald Trump really since he first entered office. But unfortunately, the lawfare doesn't stop there. I mean, we see what they're doing with the Smirnoff guy. He was a trusted, well-paid confidential human source. He's now a big liar because it fits what they want to do. I've got something on that in a moment I'll share. But then... The lawfare is being extended to anybody that dares to challenge the status quo. And that's part of what we're going to cover in this hour. But real quick, just for the sake of it, Smirnoff, Jim Jordan was on Fox News' Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo. And he made a very good observation. Everyone's rushing to judgment. Is it all over? Is the case over? It's all predicated on lies? We said, we don't know. Did he lie? We don't know. We're going to find out. Wouldn't be the first time they accuse somebody of being a liar that turns out to be true. Tony Bobolinsky, there's a whole list of these people you can go through. 
They went after Mike Flynn. Turned out that was all lawfare as well. George Papadopoulos. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, they've been doing it for years. But Jim Jordan made some observations I think are worth sharing. Here's the interesting thing about Smirnoff. David Weiss, the guy who's been investigating Hunter Biden for now almost five years, David Weiss had this information, the 1023, back in 2020. What did he do for the last three years? What did he do for the last three and a half years? Why didn't he look into it before? Because all we knew is what Chairman Comer just said. Christopher Ray said this was a great source, confidential human source that we've been paying for 14 years. He's helped put away bad guys. The safety of him is jeopardized if we give you access to this 1023. And now now they're maybe the guy did lie. I don't know. But it seems strange to me because it looks like David Weiss didn't do a darn thing with this until after the plea deal falls apart last July. So wait a minute. They can't release this information because it could put Smirnoff at risk. That's how important this information is. But then suddenly it's all big lie. And by, what are they predicating him lying on? Well, he was interacting with Russian intelligence agents. What does a confidential human source do if they don't interact with the crooks, the criminals, and the crooked government leaders that they're getting the information from? So in other words, they're saying he's guilty of doing his job, but because it helps us to try, try to take down Trump and protect Biden, for now, we're going to suddenly pretend one of our most trusted, highest paid sources for 14 years suddenly went bad. The Regular Joe Show. Well, hello there and welcome. Joe Giganti, Rick of the Joe with you. <clears throat> now, just quickly wrapping up on all the... Now, Bob Costas, by the way, he's in the hot seat of the big weekend show. Uh, he, he got... Uh, or no, I'm sorry. He's on CNN Smirkinish on Saturday. He said 74, 75 million... Uh, where's... I'm sorry, I'm trying to find his actual quote. He referred to Trump supporters as being in a cult... Uh, that's always good, by the way. Why doesn't he stick to the sports? Uh, but he said they're part of a toxic cult. And, of course, he's getting a little bit of pushback on this. I can't imagine why, as well he should. But, you know, maybe he could give Fanny Willis a few. <laughs> he give her a little bit of advice on how to run her, run her defense. Because, after all, why should they allow evidence that proves that she perjured herself into the to the body of consideration of whether she should be removed. Meanwhile, breaking news, Donald Trump has officially appealed the $454 million civil fraud judgment from Judge Engeron. In the filing, they're asking the court to determine whether or not Engeron, quote, committed errors of law and or fact, and whether he abused his jurisdiction and or discretion after the February 16th ruling, all per the Associated Press, we will watch and bring you that information. Now, two things I must get to today, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about through the week. Lakin Riley was a young nursing student, University of Georgia, taken out in her prime by an illegal alien. Now, there's been all any number of pearl clutching by the left over, oh, you hate brown people, you hate black people, you hate Asian people. No, I just hate people that break the law and come here illegally. That's what I, I don't even hate them. That's not even a matter of hate. I just don't want them here. I don't care if they're here for a better life or if they're here because they want to murder people. The fact is they don't deserve to be here. They haven't worked to be here. They haven't earned the right to be here. That's what matters most. 
Now, in the case of Jose Antonio Ibera, the 26-year-old illegal immigrant that killed this woman, he not only shouldn't have been here, the only reason he was where he was was because they couldn't keep him in New York, where he also got in legal trouble. By the way, Newsweek is reporting there's no other, no other crimes or, or no other parts. He has a very long rap sheet, including endangering the life of a five-year-old child. Here's Madison Scarpino. She's a Fox News reporter, where she added a little bit of interesting information, not just about Jose Ibera, but his brother, who also ended up getting arrested when they were looking for him, and kind of an interesting set of facts to that. We are still working to confirm all of that information. Of course, we just want to be absolutely clear on what the case is regarding the suspect. But I can tell you that um, here in Georgia, Ibera lived with his brother, who during the investigation of Riley's death was actually arrested for having a fake green card. And on top of that, UGA confirms that the brother used that green card to get a job on campus at a dining hall as a dishwasher. But he was unable to provide further documentation and was later fired. So there you have it. A family that cheats together stays together. Now, how about this young lady? Because they always throw the the poor migrant, illegal alien. Bianca Tiller was the freshman roommate of Lake and Riley. She describes who that young lady was so the world can understand what was lost. Cut 18. Whenever I found out, my heart just sank. I thought that maybe it was a mistake. She just made sure everybody felt loved all the time and appreciated. If anybody ever had a bad day, she was just the sweetest soul and sweetest person you could have ever met. Now, this shouldn't be political, but I do have to tell you that what, and I'll share it when we get back. What Bianca Tiller said in this interview, and there's more we'll have tomorrow as well, but what she said next, I'm sure, put a cold chill down the spine of every Democratic consultant and political person in the country. Because this horrible tragedy is waking up a part of the electorate, college students, on a topic they hadn't even considered. Killer Joe Radio Show. Welcome back. Joe Giganti, your regular Joe. Just looking at some of the emails, text messages. You know, an interesting from one of our, our great Mary Band of regulars. They said, uh, on Fiona Hill, we don't we don't do political hits, and they said, "Really, Jeffrey Epstein? Anybody?" Uh, just I mean, it's a it's a fair thought. Now we played a moment ago. Bianca Tiller, she was the freshman roommate of Lake and Riley, the young lady taken out in her prime by an illegal alien. There should be nothing but outrage. Uh, she was only twenty two years old, murdered by a twenty six year old illegal alien living with his other his brother, another illegal alien who had falsified green cards, try to work at the very college that she attended. But tell me again how it's completely good. These are people just seeking a better life. Now, here's the thing. The fact of the matter is, and I understand this is difficult for some on the left to accept, well, even maybe some on, on the supposed right in the middle. But the, sac- the sanctuary nation that Joe Biden has created is directly responsible for Lake and Riley's death. Her blood sits on his hands and on every Democrat. Now, what is he doing in reaction to this? Well, there's breaking news. Joe Biden is going to the border on Thursday. 
That's right. For the second time in his entire political history, they've announced Joe Biden will be in Brownsville, Texas, ostensibly to meet with members of the Border Patrol, law enforcement, and local leaders, this according to a White House official. Now, what's he going to speak to? In his normal tone-deaf way, the plan is for him to discuss the urgent need to pass the Senate Bipartisan Border Security Agreement, which is not a... It's a border security agreement for other nations, not ours. And therein lies the problem. It's nothing but window dressing as per usual. As for the foreign nations, I'm all for supporting Israel. I think Ukraine has gotten a lot of our money. I don't want to send any more there. I don't think we can justify it. Taiwan is another decision. I think they should be individual bills. Do an actual border bill, do a Taiwan bill, do a Ukraine bill, do a Senate bill. Put every person on the record where they really stand in terms of how we spend taxpayer dollars. And I think we spend far too much of it that we don't even have when we can't secure our own border. And I defy any liberal or any weak-kneed, feckless, spineless Republican to debate me on the topic of who's got blood on their hands with Lake and Riley. Now, look, Jose Antonio Ibera, he bears the most responsibility. But the fact that he's here, that he's been allowed to stay here, that is firmly on this regime's shoulders. And I hope it's a clarion call, not just to adults and parents, but to these young college students that have this sacred right to vote, that they abuse by voting for morons like Joe Biden because, well, he's going to give us free stuff. He's going to forgive our debt. And so he's my buddy. And that very awakening may be happening. Here's Bianca Tiller on something that's occurred to her since the loss of her close friend. It's also scary because I didn't even look at the data and the statistics until more recently about how many people are here legally. And it just makes me so uneasy to know that this might not be the end of these tragedies, you know, like hopefully nobody else has to go through the same thing, but this shouldn't have even happened in the first place. It's just so unfair. She's absolutely right. And I hope more and more people start looking at those stats. They're staggering. Eight million that we know of. Tens of millions more. Carrie Lake, remember last week I told you about the situation with these hospitals and they left the 800-pound gorilla out of why so many of these suburban hospitals were struggling and why they were shutting down? Cut number 15. Carrie Lake lays it right out there on uh, Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo. It's not only that. We look at what's happening with our hospitals where they're overrun with people here illegally, not paying the bill. The hospital in Yuma is um, at risk of going under because of that. They've got $20 million in unpaid bills. And if, if we lose a hospital in a town like Yuma, that is, that's an important hospital. There's not a secondary and a backup op option if we lose these hospitals because they can no longer do business. So it's affecting us greatly. It is affecting us greatly. And poor Bianca Tiller trying to come to grips with this said that I, I hope that we don't have to have any more of these tragedies. Well, here's the sad fact. These tragedies have already been occurring. Only now are they getting the airtime they deserve. The focus from the mainstream <clears throat> legacy media, even as they try to cover up, as they try to distract and make it about something it's not about, to pretend like this guy had a clean slate when he did not. Putting his ex-wife out there as though she's some character witness. Pretty sure she broke the law to get here, too. But this does happen, and it's happened multiple times. And one example 
is Dan Rosenberg's son, also a college student, taken out in his prime by an illegal alien. My son was in law school at the time. He was just coming home one night and an illegal alien tried to make a last second left hand turn and they collided. If he had just stopped, I wouldn't be here today. My son would be would have walked away with some cuts and bruises and that would have been the end of it. But instead he accelerated, drove over his body, um, got stuck, backed up, drove over him a second time. And then going forward, uh, somebody jumped in front of his car and he stopped with his with this uh, tire on my son's abdomen. Um, so, you know, every day is, you know, people will say, you know, time heals all wounds. I don't know who came up with that saying, but it's just not true. I feel nothing but sadness for this man. His son taken out by an illegal alien behind the wheel. Oh, it could have happened to it could have been anyone else, but it wasn't anyone else. It was the illegal alien that shouldn't have been here. Eminently preventable. Why? But because of the open border policies of this Biden regime and Democrats and some Republicans throughout the years, this is what happens. And it will continue to happen until we get serious about this. Why in the world are we talking about giving away $60 billion to any country when our border is wide open? It's absurd. It doesn't even make, there's no logic to be found in any of this. Now, this brings me to the final piece we've got to get to today. We will talk more about it throughout the week. I can promise you that. Now, in the old days, we used to have forts, right? We'd build walls around our forts and try to keep the bad guys out. In ancient times, they built walls. There's walls around Israel and, and around Jerusalem to keep the bad guys out. It makes sense. You want to keep the bad guys out. But what happens when you build nice walls to keep the bad guys out, but there's good guys inside the walls? They say they're just like you. But every time you show your back to them, they put a knife in it and twist. <clears throat> what do you do about those people? Do you ignore them because they're inside the city? They're inside the walls, so I guess we should just Go along to get along. I mean, you know, they're one of ours. They live here. How long does the society last when you let those people continue to stab in the backs those they claim to love and care for and, and stand in allegiance with? Not long at all. And so it is true when it comes to any political party. I often get told, well, you know, unity, Joe, you should be more unifying. There can be no unity without truth. And the truth is, in the state of Wisconsin, there is a terrible, terrible cancer that has metastasized through the Republican Party. It's a cancer that hasn't been named until now. And it's a cancer known as Robin Voss. And this latest move that he's pulled is so nefarious and diabolical that this recall Voss effort, I'm telling you, everyone that hears my voice should go to recallvos.com with one S, V-O-S, recallvos.com and do whatever you can to help. You have to be in the district to sign the recall petition. But you can come from outside of the district to go collect those signatures. You can donate to the effort. You can volunteer to phone bank for the effort if you don't live there. Now, you may recall Robin Voss got challenged in the last election and almost lost his primary by less than 300 votes. Some say he did lose his primary. We had the magic ice cream truck going around picking up ballots 
in the district. One's never quite explained how that works or how that's legal, but hey, why ask questions? Because when you do, the full force of the government is brought against you. And that's Whitney. And by the way, I just want to tell you right now, I know for a fact there are other hosts that are on the air in Wisconsin that are defending this nonsense. They have the audacity to admonish the people trying to do the right thing and laud this little puny, pipsqueak, Napoleonic pissant that is Robin Voss and all that he's doing. And it's disgusting to me. I don't know how they look in the mirror and go to sleep at night. It is pathetic. Honest to goodness, I really just don't understand how people can either be so willfully blind or so wantingly stupid. You explain to me how there's an ethics commission complaint submitted against all the main people involved in Adam Steen's campaign to try to unseat Robin Voss. By name, Adam Steen. Three of the county parties in the state of Wisconsin, Florence, Chippewa, and Langley, that, that donated, legally donated money to Adam Steen's campaign. The Save America PAC. Remember, Robin Voss is the guy that said he's going to do everything he could to keep Donald Trump off the ballot in Wisconsin and not the nominee in Wisconsin. And now there's an ethics complaint against the Save America PAC, which is a super PAC, that supports Donald Trump. But most egregious of it all, Janelle Branchin, the woman he chose to lead the government oversight committee, charged her with investigating the 2020 election. She did her job and did it well, which is why he fired her from the job, because he didn't want a good job. He then kicked her out of the Republican caucus, not allowing her to be in those caucus meetings with other Republicans, because that's the kind of tiny, small person that he is. This kid, he must have gotten beat up on the playground every day of his grade school life. He is, he is like, he's like the Microsoft founder. He's just like Bill Gates running around. He, he thinks he's going to pay back everybody for all the pain and suffering of his childhood and how he treats people. Now, they allege that Janelle Branchin led some cabal to direct money to Adam Steen's campaign. Now, here's the fun thing about it. County parties can legally donate to a campaign, and they can do it without the normal $1,000 restriction that is on individuals. That is the law in the state of Wisconsin. So to make it illegal, they've got to come up with a conspiracy. And now they're saying the conspiracy is basically that Janelle Branchin is the big bag man behind the scenes, raking in all the bucks and directing them all towards Adam Steen. Now, I would have to double check on one of the counties, but I'm fairly certain that all three of the counties that have been named were, were counties that signed the no confidence vote in Robin Voss going back to the post-2020 fallout when they wanted an investigation. I know for a fact at least two out of the three have been vocal critics of Robin Voss's lack of courage in defense of conservative values and have been great supporters of the work of former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman and State Representative Janelle Branchin. So you'll forgive me if I'm not going to play stupid and think, oh, I don't know where this ethics complaint came from. Gosh, I wonder how they, somebody who filed this, I wonder who, who the catalyst was to get this that happens to name all of these people individually. This is what he does to conservatives. Is that who you want running your state legislature? He's also the chess player. Remember, he's a great chess player. Who, after promising to fight it all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States, 
rolled over and gave Governor Evers new maps in the hope, their big strategy, was they hope that they can hold on to a slim majority. Now understand, in the state Senate, we have a supermajority. In the state assembly, we're one vote shy of a supermajority. And the big play is, well, let's see if we can just kind of hold on by the skin of our teeth. These kinds of games go on every day. But let me tell you what the point of this is. I've talked to people already that have looked at the charges, and they don't think that there's enough to even charge, because it has to be done by local DAs. <clears throat> now, if you get a Democrat DA in your area, well, you'll probably get something out of this. But the local DAs, most don't think there's any there there. They see it for what it is, but there's a poison pill. If they don't charge, then it has to be kicked up to Merrick Garland's Department of Justice for review. Just like the pro-lifer. Remember the pro-lifer in Philly? The local DA said, there's nothing there. I'm not going to charge him. Then Merrick Garland came in and charged him. And they had to go to court over it. And hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees later, he was acquitted because it was all lawfare. So you want to know what the end game here is? They don't want a conviction. There's no conviction to be had. Ultimately, nothing bad was, nothing illegal was done. No, this is the politics of personal destruction. They want to bankrupt Janelle Branchin and the leaders of these county parties because they had the audacity to stand up for the true, the good, and the beautiful. Now we need to come and back these people up. The Regular Joe Radio Show. Joe Giganti, regular Joe with you. Got two text messages I want to get to quickly to wrap up on today's show. We'll be back at this tomorrow. It's not going to be a, a one-day fix. But quickly, Marion, Texas says, look, I want to put an open invitation out to all of your listeners, anyone that wants to either go to Brownsville, Texas, to show our displeasure with Brandon, or go to Eagle Pass, uh, both on Thursday, these, these events uh, with, with Trump and with Biden and on the border, to show our support for our next president of the United States, Donald Trump. Let me know. Uh, so if you are listening in Texas, you want to do something, let it, you can text in. We can find a way. We'll, we'll connect with, uh, with Mary to try to get you guys together. Or if you know of an event that's coming out in either of those locations where patriots can have their, their voices heard and be seen, let us know. We'll pass it along. Now, a quick email or text message. i got to do it quick because time is almost gone. But I want to address it. Jason writes in saying he hasn't listened uh, to the station that he's listening to us on sometimes since some changes on the show, and he says that, you know, he doesn't like bullying statements. He's been bullied a long time in his life, which i sad to hear that, uh, saying he's been teased and beaten for 45 years, and that perhaps we could build up rather than to break down and maybe Trump could build people up. And, and I want to be clear about something, Jason. If you're referring to the conversation I just started a moment ago about what's going on in Wisconsin, I don't view anything I just did as a bully. I'm responding to the bully. A bully that claims to be a Republican leader who is trying to destroy the lives of solid American patriot conservatives. Why? Because they dare to question him and for no other reason. That's not bullying. That's responding. A another comparison to help you understand it. Remember, the Crusades weren't a proactive thing. They were a reaction to jihad. Robin Voss and the status quo swamp Republicans, they launched the jihad. It's time for conservatives to bring the crusade. The true, the good, and the beautiful guide the way, and it all begins 
when you live life boldly. See you tomorrow, everybody. Regular Joe Show.